Hi, you're listening to a podcast brought to you by the teaching team at New Life in North Lincolnshire. New Life is committed to helping transform people and transform places through the love and power of Jesus Christ. We hope you, in some small way, will be blessed and transformed by this message. Let's say, let's say we were mingling after the service like we normally do eating and drinking and chatting. And as we were doing that, suddenly bursting in the back door was the North Korean army, right? The special forces from North Korea. North Korea have decided uh, to invade North Links, let's say. Okay, I know it's an unlikely scenario, okay? But just indulge me, go with this. North Korea, at the very top, they decided North Lynx is up for grabs. Sorry, Rob. And they burst in the door, and they've got a thing about uh, new life and people of faith in general. And they burst in, and they catch us as we're all mingling. And they, they cart us all off to Pyongyang, right, in North Korea. By the way, if there's any North Koreans watching this on TV, I'm really sorry for this analogy. Please, I hope it will make sense. But um, they carry us off to Pyongyang. And we think, oh, we'll we'll probably be here for 10 weeks captive whilst um, the UK government sort us all out. And uh, can we go back to a previous slide? Thank you. Um, Thank you, that's the one. And... um, So there we are in Pyongyang, 10 weeks goes by, Um, a a year goes by, 10 years go by, we're all older, Sam's beard is right down here and he's really frustrated and we're all missing the homeland of of North Lynx and 20 years, 30 years, 40 years go by, the next generation has come along, these North Lincolnshire exiles in Pyongyang, you've now got children and some grandchildren on the way. 50 years goes by. And we're still being new life. We've still got small groups going on in Pyongyang because you can't take the new life out of us. You know, we may be in Pyongyang, but you can't take the new life out of us. And, and the small groups, but they've all got a little bit different now. A few small groups are a bit, they're very zealous. They're all about being the rebellious army and quite militant and wanted to take get their own back in North Korea. And then there's some other small groups which are, they've set up special prayer sections and prayer projects, praying against the North Koreans, right? And then there's another group of, of creatives, of musicians. Maybe you lead that kind of small group, Sam. You'll be older and greyer and bolder and whatever, that kind of thing. And there's your kids and your grandkids there, but you're still leading these small groups and you, you're creative and you write songs. You write songs. And here's a, here's a kind of song that you might uh, have written. And it would go like this, okay? By the rivers of Pyongyang, we sat and wept and remembered Northlings. We hung our guitars on the willow trees, but our captors asked us to sing and play for them, saying, go on, give us a tune from Scunthorpe. Now, of course, you know that analogy is never going to happen, right? It's, it's not real. But we read of the stories in the Bible where the people of Israel, the people of Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel, were indeed 
taken captive and shipped off to the, the largest militant empire that there was at the time in Babylonia. And they were shipped off and kept there. Actually, it was going to be for 70 years. But about 50 years into this, they did indeed write songs. And we can read, read about it in, uh, in Psalm 137, if you wanted to turn that. But here's a little section of it on the, script, on the screen. It says this, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Now, some of you are immediately thinking of Boney M. Oh, I don't know. What are you like? The younger ones are going, Boney M? What is this about? <laughs> Ask your parents. Okay. This is, this is the, the song they wrote. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and we wept when we remembered Zion, their homeland. On the willows, we hung our harps. For there our captors asked us for songs, and our tormentors asked for mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. That's quite a sad little tale. You can imagine being away from your homeland, and not everyone was shipped over from their homeland to Babylon, so there'll be families split up and lineages and they've never met but they know the other is there and so you can imagine that it's actually okay for these people who were captive in uh, Babylonia to feel very angry why shouldn't they feel very angry they've been captive for for so long they don't know that their captivity is going to come to an end soon after a total period of 70 years uh, and not only I guess, was it right for them to feel angry and even bitter? But they would feel deep sorrow and sadness too. And everything in between. And why shouldn't they? We would, wouldn't we? If suddenly that kind of thing happened to us. And so you can imagine what was written in that Psalm 137, which we, we read there, being a heart cry of people who find themselves in that situation deep sorrow about being in a place you never wanted to be and anger at your captives and then in the middle of this period a letter comes from the homeland from Judah from a gentleman called Jeremiah he's a prophet of God a prophet of Yahweh and and he writes this letter. And this is part of the letter that he wrote. It says this. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Can you imagine getting a letter like that? Can you imagine the, uh, the militant small groups getting that letter? Can you imagine the small groups that were set up to pray against their North Korean captors getting that letter? Can you imagine the, the Sam's musician small groups who just wanted to drown in sorrow getting this letter from the prophet Jeremiah, the very mouthpiece of God, saying, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city which I have allowed you to be into exile in. Because if it 
prospers. If its welfare goes well, welfare will come to you. You will find peace and you will find prosperity. I find that fascinating. Actually, I, I often try and put myself in the position of people in the Bible passages we read. And I don't know whether I would have enjoyed getting that letter. I know which camp I would have been in. I'm quite a melancholic gentleman. I would have been in Sam's sad songwriting small group. That's what I've been in. You suddenly get this letter and God says, hang on a minute. Give yourself into making the place you are a better place. Work at it. Get yourself involved in it. Be, be part of, by osmosis, let stuff leak out of you that makes the welfare of the place you are, even if you never want to be there, a better place. Maybe this is a good time just to pause and pray. Let's do that. Close our eyes, bow our heads. Maybe pop your hands somewhere near your heart. Father God, we thank you that you want to teach us and use these wonderful words in Scripture to be able to speak to us. And so we just ask now, will you give us ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to obey? And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Good. Did you know that Christianity in its most early days, when it was growing through the cities of the Middle East and when it was coming to great attention from the Roman Empire, did you know that it didn't grow and make most of its impact and its prominence because of self-ambition? It wasn't like Christians were going, oh, we must become important and eventually become the religion of the Roman world. We must do that. It wasn't that Christians were doing that. And neither was it that Christians were really celebrating their tribalism. Oh, we're different. We're so special. We deserve to rise to prominence in this empire, even though Christianity did rise to prominence. Oh, do you know what made the difference? What made the difference was Christians unexplainable self-sacrifice for the betterment of their communities. And even today, you can go to libraries and online libraries and find letters that were written by Roman officials about Christians finding Christians really weird because they cared about their neighbors and their communities. And that was abnormal for that day. And Christianity stood out in a very fresh way. Councillor Rob was talking about values. And the values of these people were such that they, the aroma about them was different. Community and neighborhood really mattered. How much more then? How much more should we work for the welfare of our neighborhood. No, seriously, if God is sending messages to people in exile, right? If he's sending to messages to his people in exile, say, no, don't act like you're acting, it's not good. Rather, act for the betterment of your neighborhoods and communities. If he's doing that, if the early church, these Christians that are persecuted and being 
chased here and there and, and hunted down and maybe at the best case just looked on as strange people. If those Christians still worked for, the, for their neighbor, full of compassion, full of heart for their communities, how much more should people like you and I look out for the betterment and the welfare of our neighborhood and communities? I mean, just look around at us right now. Okay, just have a quick look around at yourself. I don't mean we're, we're we're not all back after lockdown. It was, I don't know, 170 people here, something like that. Now, um, anyone get persecuted on the way in? No. Anyone being chased now by any police or anything like that? Well, don't answer that. Maybe, you were. but because because of your faith or because of your worship in here, are we expecting anyone to come in and say you can't worship like you? No. Do you know we are blessed? Are we blessed? I mean, just to be able to do this, right? Be able to sing songs of praise to God. To be able to pray freely. To be able to worship. To be able to take bits of our scripture and, and teach it and talk about it with no concern whatsoever that we will be shut down. It's pretty comfortable being a Christian in our neighborhood. It's really easy being a Christian compared to those people who we've just talked about in North Lincolnshire. Very easy. And for those of you who are imported from South Yorkshire. In your area too, I'm sure it's pretty easier. How much more then should we, as people who follow Jesus Christ, work hard for the welfare of our community? Now, it's my job today to simply uh, kickstart the next three weeks of talks, which are going to look at loving our neighborhood and different voices will be coming up here to explore that more deeply. I'm just trying to frame it and let us grasp this, that we are blessed with so much freedom and so many opportunities to make sure that our patch, northern Lincolnshire, is a patch where the tide rises because people of faith are being true people of faith. Seeing the gold in our community, seeing the gold in each other and polishing it up and, and praying for the welfare of our communities and celebrating the good and then trying to help fix the bad. And so the tide rises throughout northern Lincolnshire and we, as Jesus people, are in part responsible for the tide of welfare and good and compassion rising. Wouldn't that be great? Now, look, I know we're already part of that. We've celebrated Ros this morning, and rightly so. Where are you, Ros? There you go. And, uh, and we've celebrated the, the years the lighthouse has been running, and we've got our gifted women's program. Wendy and Bill, I've just seen at the back there for how many years now have you been serving meals to the homeless on Wednesday nights? 2,000 years. You started 2009. So 12 years ago. 12 years ago, every Wednesday night, two-course hot meal to the, to the home. Let's give them a round of applause. That's amazing. And their team, too. That's fantastic. 
lots of other projects going on too. We know fresh ones, old, old ones. We know we're a part of that. But sometimes we can engage in projects and programs and have departments, but the heart has just gone a little bit. And when we're out of those projects and departments um, and we become individuals at home, we, we can just think, oh, do you know, it, it's not a good place. I don't need to bother about this. One of the saddest, I, I'm a Scunthorpe boy born in a steel house in a steel town. My dad was a steel man, all those kind of things. And, um, you know, sometimes I, I read on Facebook of people who've left Scunthorpe. And one I read recently was, uh, it was great to get out of that godforsaken place. Do you know what I mean? Because Scudderb hasn't got this and it hasn't got that and whatever. And I can sort of understand that they've gone to a big city and they found other stuff that Scudderb can't have, won't have. But the attitude underneath that is not positive and affirming. And it will never make anything better. And I would hope here at New Life, that actually our attitude, what's happening? You're, everyone's looking up. Something fell down from the ceiling. That's not a good sign, is it? <laughs> it was a light thing, was it? Hopefully it was light and came down good. And uh, <laughs> keep going, you fool. So um, our, our attitude should be one where we have nothing like that, but rather we say, hey, Hey God, I know this might be missing and this might be missing and this might be missing. But this is where we find ourselves now. And we believe in your wisdom that we are right in your will. To use like spiritual speak, there is a call on our life to be the people of faith we are right now, right here in our neighborhoods, in our streets, in our workplaces. And here, very quickly, are three things that we need to understand about that. Working for the peace and the prosperity of our county is unconditional. It's unconditional. Now, what do I mean about that? I mean, it's a bit like the love of God, really. You know, when God forgives you, it's unconditional. I mean, there might be other things that are conditional, and you know there are about walking the life of faith. But his forgiveness is unconditional. We could use the word unilateral. It's just one way. I love that. I don't understand it. But it's not like Sam prays a prayer and says, Lord, will you forgive me? And God says, done. Uh, but then God changes his mind and goes, ah, just say it like you really mean it. Oh, Lord, will you forgive me? I'm really sorry. Uh, say sorry like you really mean it. Like you really mean it. Go on, on your knees. God's not like that. It's unilateral. God's forgiveness. You know, when Jesus was being prepared for the cross, it says he uttered these words, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Our love and our working for the peace and prosperity of our county is like that. It's unilateral. It's not, hey, Northern Lincolnshire, I will, um, I will work hard for you. I, I will try and better the welfare of our county if you give me this back. That shouldn't be our 
attitude. If you do this for me, if you do this for me, then I will work hard to make this a better place. Actually, no, there is something about the people of God, Jesus' people, who we love to be the catalyst for making things a better place. Seeking and working for the peace and prosperity of our county mirrors the love of God. It is unconditional. The second thing is this. It is unrestricted. In other words, it's unrestricted in two ways. It's not limited to those of us who have a heart for it. Right? I have a heart for my homeland and making it a better place. And there are some people who don't have a heart for it, and they'll just never have a heart for it. And they don't. As I see it, it's for all of us. It's not restricted to a small group that we're going to set up called the Lovers of North Lincolnshire. All right? But it's actually for all of us. There isn't a restriction. The call is for all of us who recognize that he's in charge and he has placed us here for all of us to seek the peace and prosperity. And neither is it restricted in this way too that we will seek the welfare of those kind of people. But these kind of people who we don't like very much, we won't seek the welfare of. In Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, nor male nor female, nor rich nor poor. It's slave, no master. It's unrestricted in the fact that all of us should seek the peace and prosperity of our county. And we should be able to do that for anyone in our county. And boy, Ros, you've encountered the anyones, haven't you, in our county. And I guess there may be those of us who have a certain, I guess, a, a bias and, a, and an approach and an opportunity to be salt and light to a certain groupings of people, and you need to maximize that, but our heart should be for the everybody. Here's the third thing. Working for the peace and prosperity of our county is not unnoticed. It's not unnoticed. And I guess that's in two ways. One, in a human level. Thank you for saying some kind things about us, Rob, this morning. You see, it's not unnoticed, right, that people of faith behave in a certain way and have compassion and get up to what we get up to and we should be who we are. It's not unnoticed, but if just a little higher ranking than Rob is God. And it, it's not noticed. It's not unnoticed by God. See, that verse said this, if you pray and work for and seek the peace and prosperity of the place I've allowed you to be, then its welfare will be your welfare. Its welfare will be your welfare. You know, as we, as we cause the tide of goodness, mercy and justice and peace to rise in our county, so, so we rise too. God knows what he's doing. The welfare of northern Lincolnshire is our welfare. And it's there in the Bible. 
But it's there in the Bible in a far worse situation than we ever find ourselves. A good uh, friend of mine, an elderly minister now, was very fond of saying this phrase, um, that comfort and ease is the Western disease. That all of us here have a bias towards comfort and ease. And there are many, many believers all around the world who are allowed to have that kind of bias. They're, they're fighting for their faith and fighting for survival all the time. Uh, and I guess one of the tensions we have is as a, as a church, as a people who do find things so comfortable and so easy in our life is sometimes to resist that and say, Lord, today, Lord, this week, Lord, this Month, how can I cause the tide of goodness and welfare to rise in the place where I find myself and not just settle? It is not unnoticed, it's rewarded by God. One thing I didn't mention earlier is that little word welfare that we sometimes read in the Bible that we should seek the welfare or we should seek the peace and prosperity. Actually, it's a well-known word. It's a Hebrew word. It's shalom. You say shalom? shalom. Anyone heard that word before? Sometimes you hear it's just, it just means peace. Actually, it doesn't just mean peace. It's, it's a multi-layered word. It does mean peace, but a special kind of peace. Deeply embedded wholeness. Prosperity is linked in there. Success is linked in there. Welfare is linked in there. Kindness is, it's all embroiled. And I would hope we would, could be the kind of church that prays a shalom and works for a shalom over northern Lincolnshire. Knowing that in his grace, God turns that around and mirrors it on us and pronounces a shalom on us. Wouldn't that be amazing? So here's what we're going to do now. I just want to lead us in a prayer. I'm going to ask you all to stand. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray for ourselves. Um, and then I am just going to ask, I'm going to ask um, Councillor Rob Waltham to come out again, just to the lower level here, because I want us to pray for him. Okay? Um, and pray for his... He leads a cabinet that are making huge decisions. Huge decisions all the time. And so we want to pray. Why don't we... Why don't we do something active now for what we've been talking about? Is that good? Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence here today in a very real way. You speak to us. Sometimes you speak to us very simply. You capture us in the moment where we are. And we ask right now by your Holy Spirit, you will help us again to recognize the call on our lives to represent you well right where we are. May our prayers and our behavior, may the meditation of our heart, may the words on our lips, May the acts of our hands and the, the goings of our feet, may they be for 
the welfare, the peace, the prosperity, the shalom of this neighborhood that you have planted us in. May we see compassion rise. May we see a care for each other rise. May we see areas of lack disappear. May we see strained relationships between people groups diminish. May this county smell more like you. Let there be an aroma of God about it. Because the tide is rising. And Father, as separate individuals now who find ourselves working in different places, different staff rooms that we inhabit, different streets we live on, all the postcode areas we represent, will you put something in our heart about loving our neighborhood in very fresh and real ways? As we're still in this moment of prayer, I never want to miss an opportunity to just talk about the love of God, this unilateral, unconditional love of God. And there may be people here this morning, and maybe this is your first visit, or you've been a few times, and you know a bit about church, a bit about Jesus, a bit about faith, but right now, in this moment, something has struck you. This I know, that when people were still really trying to make sense of God in the ancient world, God decided in his wisdom to wrap himself in human flesh and say, here I am. Now you, now you can really know what I'm like. And he wrapped himself in human flesh and Jesus walked among us for just a few short decades and he died a criminal's death didn't deserve it but as he was dying on that cross he carried all the guilt all the wrongs all the sin all the messed up stuff that you and I get up to for a moment I believe he became the most sinful person who has ever existed but it was full of my sin and he died and forgiveness came to the world Jesus was so clean and sinless that death couldn't keep its slimy grip on him and he rose from the dead three days later to show us that there is a new life to show us that one day when time has done its worst to us and these bodies give up on us, then there is a new life after that. And he ascended to heaven where scripture tells us he is interceding for us, calling us. His very presence is here today.
And he's not the kind of God who says, if you want forgiveness, say sorry and say it like you mean it and say it again, say it louder, say it louder, do this, do that. No, he offers you now with open arms entrance into his family. He says, child, boy, girl, man, woman, I know you don't know it all, but sense this right now. My love is for you. My forgiveness is for you. Walk my way. Walk into a new life. If there's anyone here this morning and you you want to take those steps towards Jesus. Maybe right now you're just praying a simple prayer in your heart. Jesus, forgive me. Make me new. Wash me clean. Then here's what I'd recommend you do. After this service, people will be mixing and mingling around. Some people will be leaving. But what I want you to do is head to the banner at the back that says need to talk. There'll be people there. They'll be wearing some lanyards and they just want to chat with you. Take five minutes. They want to give you a gift. They want to be able to pray with you. Please do that. Don't miss this moment. So church, let's pop our hands near our heart again. Father God, we're just a small representation of your people in this large neighborhood of northern Lincolnshire but you have our heart and you have our attention we will leave this place today with a greater sense that we are being called to seek the peace and prosperity of our neighborhoods equip us Lord give us boldness and confidence let us miss less opportunities and we ask it in your name Amen Amen. Councillor Rob, would you, would you come out? I know it's strange, but if you could do that, that great. Let's remain standing. Uh, I'll maybe ask uh, Sarah and Dan. I, I'm not sure whether any other members of the pastoral team are here. You just come to Rob. Church, why don't you hold out your hands to Rob? That would be great. <laughs> Father God, we thank you for this man. We know just a little bit about him now, and he seems a decent chap, and you have put him in place. Lord, we believe that you set authorities up, and you allow people to be who they are. We thank you for Robert Waltham. Thank you for what he stands for. Thank you for what he gets up to. And we pray right now, let this man be full of righteous wisdom. Let him find himself being able to make decisions that are so good for this community. Let him find favor at every turn as well. Let him realize that goodness and mercy are chasing him down. Let that cabinet around him, Lord, be uh, people who carry those values that he wants them to carry. Let, they be, let them be making decisions that see results, that cause the tide of goodness to rise in our county. And we pray and pronounce a blessing over him and his household in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.
Thanks for listening to this message from New Life in North Lincolnshire. To find out more, do visit us online at newlifechurch.uk or why not pay us a visit? We'd love to see you.